Hi, and welcome to the fourth episode of Touring the Multiverse. This is the first limited series of the It's a Mimic podcast where I, Dave, lead you and Adam on a tour of one of the published campaign settings for Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. Over the course of this series on Eberron, I'll be breaking down history, lore, settings, populaces, adventures, and player options, while I give some quick insights into the unique monster stats that Wizards of the Coast has provided. Today we're going to cover the southwest region of Corvair. Uh, so everybody, climb aboard the lightning rail and join me as we look into the steampunky world of high adventure as presented in Eberron, Rising from the Last War. You have played in Eberron before, right? Yeah. You played in Sharn? I no, I've never been to Sharn. Really? No, I've never been to Sharn. Nin- I was in Eberron. Ninety-five percent of the people that play in Eberron play in Sharn. I have never been to Sharn. I'm aware of Sharn. The last time that I played in Eberron, we were heading to Sharn, and that campaign fizzled. Oh well, I was going to say, oh, you've been to Sharn. Great. Then you've been to the First Nation we're going to talk about today, Breland. But you fucked that up. Well, I mean, I was there to visit Jed. At oh, yes. the end of every episode. So, so you have been there. Yeah, so but I haven't I haven't played in Sharn. I've apparently been yelled at by an angry merchant in Sharn. I don't know. Who was selling babies. Don't judge. Okay. It's a different realm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Evil campaigns are valid too, I guess. It's, it's not evil. It's more of a gray area. No. Okay. You and I are going to have to talk after the podcast. C- continue whatever it was that you were going to say. No. Okay. This has been another episode of... <laughs> All right, so Breland. Yeah. Okay. It is also one of the original five nations. It is also one of the most powerful nations now that the last war has ended. They have a huge population. They've got lots of resources. Okay, so big and rich. Big and rich in resource. Okay. Not not rich, rich. Okay. okay. Yep. But rich in peoples. Okay. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. Okay. Uh, the Breelish, Breelish, Brelish. I don't know. The Breelish, Brelish. I wish you weren't so fucking awkward, but uh, the Breelish are a very independent people, and they love themselves some good old fashioned deceit. Oh, good. Yep. Okay. Uh, this is one of those places where there's tons of espionage going on. You want espionage? You want backroom deals, stuff like that? Breland is the place for you. There are three large criminal organizations that operate freely in Breland. Now, it might not be as freely as the the public sees it, but I mean, let's be real. They, you know... They're going to touch on some... some They line some pockets. They get what they want. They're touchy freely. Yes. Uh, The first one is the Boromar clan, which I'm probably always going to call the Boromir clan. Is it spelled the same way? No. Okay, then. Boromar. Boromar. Okay. Yes. Uh, they have the ties, or they have ties to the halflings of the Talenta Plains. Sure. Okay. That means nothing to me yet, but okay. We'll get there. All right. There's also Dask, and Dask is essentially made up of monsters from neighboring Drome, which is the nation to its west. Then there's House Tarkanen. Uh, these are an alliance of assassins that have aberrant dragon marks. Okay. Which... We'll get into. Later. Yeah. Okay. Not today, though. Not today. Not today. Right. There is also an organization for not nefarious purposes in Breland. Uh, they work for the king. They're called the Black Lanterns. Okay. They're they like these, Green Lanterns. Yeah, they got these fancy rings. They fly through space. They, they, they Ryan Reynolds the, played one, I think. No, no, no. The Black Lanterns are the undead Green Lanterns. That's, I'm not joking. That's the thing. They're powered by death. Huh. Not in this. Okay. In this, they are powered by the powers that they are given from the Breelish king. Yeah, okay. okay. Uh, and he is King Boronel Ear Wynarn, because it's always a Wynarn. Sure. And you always say ear, and that's lowercase i, lowercase r, apostrophe, and then Wynarn. It's like it's like uh, an O'Connell, right? Or a MacDonald. It's uh, that prefix. It's more of a Van Houten. Okay. Do you know what I'm getting yeah, at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's the same thing. Like we're that, that but that's when you say ear wine arn, you don't mean like my the ear on the side of my head. The, the ear on the side of your wine arn, exactly. Well, well, let's not talk about your wine arn. <laughs> oh, well then. So King Boronel, uh, he's a fine ruler. People are happy with him, but his children kind of suck. 
a lot of people don't think that they're going to be suitable as the next rulers of Breland. Uh, so a lot of people actually support the abandonment of royal rule upon the death of Boronel. Uh, and this is mainly pushed by an organization called the Swords of Liberty. No one can just be like, we can't just have like acronyms or anything in fucking fantasy worlds, right? Where it's just like, this is like mad mother against drunk driving, right? Like we can't just have one of those. Oh, you can call them the SOL. Are they? Are they SOL? Uh, currently, yes. Oh, yeah? Yes. Okay. Uh, now, Breland <laughs> is kind of known for its large cities, which are large metropolises. Metropoli? Metropolis. Metropolises? I, I went to that uh, that festival. Metropolusa. 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 Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, because Breland is close to Drome, which again, we'll get into in a minute. Okay. Okay. Uh, you're going to find a lot of creatures that you're not going to find in other cities. All right. You go up to like Karnath, Aeondar, places like this. You're not going to find... Ogres, orcs, goblins, harpies, and gargoyles like you will in Breland. I I found a harpy once. Holy shit. Let me tell you a story. Okay. After the after we record. No, go for it now. Okay. <clears throat> Radio edit. There's no way I'm telling that story in a public forum. <laughs> oh, please don't cut that out. That's a great story. <laughs> well, I'm not sure that I can air that. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so, some of the, the main cities of Breland... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Back up. Because I got we got sidetracked by my sidebar. Yes. So there's a lot of side things happening there. Yes. Um, Let's not go sideways. You said that there are these, these creatures down there, ogres and ettins and, and Ogres and orcs and harpies sure, and right. stuff. Okay. Why? Because they're close to Drome? Yes. Okay, all right. And, and you'll explain that in a minute. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to drone. It's, it's, a, it's a geographical thing, though. It's not like a political thing or... Yes, it's a geographical thing. Okay. Okay. Uh, they're neighbors. Sure. Okay. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so most of Breland, like I said, is kind of defined by her large cities. The largest of which is Sharn, which I'm not really going to talk about at all today. We've got... I think it's going to get its own episode later. Okay? So we're not really going to talk about Sharn. But uh, we'll get into some other ones like... Rote, which is the capital. Now that's W R O A T. Okay, okay. Because nothing has to spell, nothing is spelled the way it sounds in this, right? Yes. Uh, this is where King Boronel rules from. Uh, it's built on two sides of the Howling River. Uh, it's got big, elegant architecture. Trees line the streets. It's very clean. It's laid back. And it's actually a little too clean. Uh, a lot of people think that the Black Lanterns are kind of clearing out the riffraff and the beggars from the streets to give it this. You're not getting a whole lot of people with urchin backgrounds coming out of this area. Um, not alive. Ooh. Um, you know, the, the, like I said, the, the Breland is about deceit. They want to make it look bigger and better and cleaner and more prosperous than it probably is. Okay. Okay. And you're going to really find that here. Uh, now, I mentioned that it's kind of on two sides of a river. Um, in the middle of the river, there's an island, and on the island is uh, Broken Blade Castle. That's where the king lives. So that's kind of his territory. Um, I always kind of got a, like a the, the twins from Game of Thrones feeling from this. It's like a city on either side of a river with a big thing in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. But this man is an island. I uh, don't man is an island. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, and then anyways, you go a little further east... And you're going to find New Sire. I think we talked about this briefly in the last episode. Uh, this is kind of on Breland's eastern border. Uh, this is where all the refugees from Sire have started their new home. Now, how close to the border? Can they see the Wall of Mist? Um, I mean, maybe on a clear day. Uh, I, I, I don't know. It doesn't tell you exactly how far. I don't, okay, it's I, not on the map or anything. It, it is on the map, but I mean, it, it looks like it's a fair distance. It's not on the border. right? Okay. It's a little ways inland. Right? All right. Uh, this is the seat of Orgev Irwinarn. Again, he would have been the the next in line for ruling a sire, right? Uh, the prince. That's the word I'm looking for. Prince. Uh, most people will stop in New Sire uh, on their way out of Breland if they're going into the Mornland. I think we talked about how Gorgon Head in the last episode. Gorgon Horn. Gorgon Horn. That's the one. Uh, yeah, the other one's a different thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, Gorgon, yeah, is it? <laughs> well, the horn has a head. Eh, continue. Anyways, anyways. Normally a head has a horn, but uh, in this case. That's kind of a way to get into the Mornland just through there. You can also get through Breland as well, and you would do that by stopping in New Sire. 
but my favorite city in Breland is one called Argonth. I mean, it's no Sharn, but it's kind of a beast unto itself. It's a giant floating fortress. Think Jabba's Palace, okay. only bigger. Okay. When, you, when you say floating, like it hovers above the ground? Yes, it was built by House Kenneth, who are the, the makers, the house yeah. of makers, right? Uh, and it's home to thousands of soldiers. So it's a lot bigger than Jabba's Palace would be, but think of it as that. You know, it's this big thing. Jabba's Palace is pretty fucking big. Yeah, but it didn't hold thousands of soldiers. That's true. Right? Uh, it is... The benefit of having it is that it can be deployed kind of wherever, whenever you need it. Now, it usually patrols the Mornland border uh, of Breland, keeping out the monsters and so on. But, I mean, you could see how this could be a tactical advantage anywhere it goes. It's essentially a warforged colossus without actually being a warforged colossus. This is your your tank. This is huge. Uh, it's a mobile base. It's your... Um, it's an aircraft carrier on but, land, yeah, but it's a landcraft character. A helicarrier. The, well, shit, yeah, there you go. Okay, it's a, it's a helicarrier. Car- carrier. It's a helicarrot. Hello, hello, carrot. We're good at this. Yes. Uh, in the northern part of Breland, though, is a small town called Black Pit, which is beside a large chasm in the ground called Black Pit. Black Pit. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Okay, okay, so not to be confused with Black Pit, but. Black Pit is a haven for deserters and criminals and so on. You get up into the mountains, you're away from prying eyes. Again, nation of deceit. Sure. Okay. Uh, it's nestled kind of in and amongst the Black Cap Mountains. And nearby, near close to Black Pit, like I said, is Black Pit, which is this giant chasm. It's over a mile wide, uh, and it's deeper than you can see. And it's rumored to be the entrance to Kyber. Oh, Okay. Okay. So it's these are the gates to hell. Essentially, maybe who knows? It's the Grand Canyon of hell. hell. Now Breland, kind of because of where it is, it's sandwiched between what was Sire and is now the Mornland. Yeah, uh, the Goblin Kingdom south of that, uh, Thrain to the north, Aondare even further north of that, and Drom to the to the west. So they were kind of attacked from all sides during the war. But they held their own. However, this has kind of led the people of Breland to be a little untrusting. Uh, and it's also caused the population to kind of move away from the borders. So okay. most of the cities are inland. I mean, I mean that makes sense. Okay. Sure. I mean, yeah. except for Sharn, it's down further. It's it's also up further. Vertically. Well, I mean, you also have to go up the Dagger River past the hilt. So it is up further. No one knows what that means. Look at a map. I can't. It's an audio medium. I'm not talking to you. Okay. While you're driving and listening to this right now, pull out your cell phone. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. No, Dave. We can't do that. All right. Wait for a red light. No, David. No. God damn okay. it. Don't wait for a red light. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it's a mimic is not responsible for any traffic tickets you may receive. Or bodies you may create. Fuck. Uh, but, I mean, that, that's... There's Breland, right? Okay. You, you, you kind of yeah, get the yeah, feeling yeah, of what yeah. it is and I, what it's about. and It's... It's surprising to me that as paranoid as they are, they let new Sire in. They kind of had to. But do you think it's less about them being nice to the refugees and more about them saying, okay, all of you guys stay over here where we can keep an eye on you? I think it gives them a buffer between the creatures of the Mornland and what they consider to be important. Okay. You know, there's lots of fodder in the way. Sure. Right? Because, I mean... Do they have a lot of mutter, too, to go with the fodder? Anyway, continue. uh, But anyways, now to the... Southwest of Breland yeah. is another small nation called Zilargo. Zilargo. Which I feel you have to say as Zilargo every time. All right. Okay. Uh, it is a nation of gnomes. Dan would love it here. Ugh. I hate it already. Okay. Uh, it was mainly untouched. Because nobody wants to play a gnome. They need a Zilargo home. During the last war. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, many of the people there... They're called Zil, by the way. They refer to what happened during the last war as the unpleasantness to the north. Ha <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. It's bright and clean. Uh, it's home to universities and libraries. Crime is unheard of here. Okay. And that's because of its ruling structure. Each city has a democratically elected council. This council has a seat on the triumvirate. The triumvirate rules the nation, and the laws are enforced by the trust. Did you get all that? No, I didn't. Okay. Local councils are elected by the people. Then the councils send representatives 
to the triumvirate. Okay. Okay, and the triumvirate rules. However, they've got a secret police force that's called the Trust. Is this why there's no crime? Because there's a secret police force? Well, it's interesting. The Trust uh, is, a like you said, secret police force, but it's rumored to employ about a third of Zilargo, sorry, Zilargo's population. So, like, everybody is working together to make sure that everything goes to plan. Wow, that's super creepy. Uh, they're quick to act, normally without violence, if it's possible, but they're not afraid to hire an assassin and murder a person or two. They'll swing up and hit you in the knees if they need to. They will dispose of troublemakers when they need to, and they are genuinely trusted by the people of Zilargo. What, what, Zilargo sounds like a thing. What am I thinking of? What word am I... Hidalgo. No, the horse. No, that wasn't it. Is that the disease that Michael Jackson had? No. I thought it was. Zilargo. No, I'm not going to get it. Wells Fargo. Fuck. Uh, I got some payments to make. No, you don't. You're Canadian. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Fuck. I wish my money was worth it. So most Zill cities have elaborate architecture and elaborate gardens. Okay? They're they're fancy. But is everything small because it's gnomes? Like... A lot of it is, but not all of it is. Okay? They do realize that there are going to be people traveling through, and they're welcome to, but... They all look at each other and go... Let's be honest here. There are only three small kinds of creatures. Everybody else is larger. Sure. It is very much a gnome civilization. Like, it is built for them. I would imagine that... Well, the doors have to be tall enough for those pointy red hats. Go home. (laughs) Their capital city is Trollenport. Like Troll? T-R-O-L-A-N-P-O-R-T. Trollenport. Trollenport. You know, like smashing stuff? Trollenport. Okay. Okay. Uh, Now, I always saw... Got the impression that Trollenport is very much like a Venice type city. You mean you mean Venice, Italy, not not Venice Beach. Yeah, yeah, no, okay. Venice, Italy. I've been there, by the way. It's cool. Venice Beach. No. <laughs> Venice, Italy. Yes. Yeah, I've been there too. Yeah, it was cool. I, what? Probably my favorite city in the world. Um, I mean, I like where I am, but it was it was. No, cool. no. I mean, like if I was had to visit somewhere again, I would go to Trollenport. But Montreal is so nice this time of year. You were right when you called it but Montreal. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. There's a travel ban on. Come get me, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Capital city is crisscrossed with canals and floating streets. And uh, it's kind of the nexus of trade. Uh, it's got a large shipping industry. And it also has the Tower of the Triumvirate, which rises above the rest of the city. I would imagine that the Tower of the Triumvirate, which is a mouthful to say, probably only has gnome-sized doors. Yeah. So it's not really a tower. It's just a three-story building. (laughs) Hey, that's big. That's big for them. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big three stories. (laughs) Now, the oldest city in Zilargo is Koranberg. Okay? Uh, Like like David Cronenberg? No. Koranberg. Koranberg. Yeah, like... Again, spelling will be in the show notes. K-O-R-R-A-N-B-E-R-G. Yeah. Okay? Koranberg is famous for its uh, library and the gnome colleges. People travel here from all over Corvair to study at these places. Okay? World-renowned. It's also home to many temples, uh, which includes Codex Vault, which is the largest shrine to Orion, who is the Lord of Knowledge and Scriber of Laws, which without civilization would not exist. Orion. Orion. Are you you saying Orion? No. A-U-R-E-O-N. Don't even bother. Okay, it'll be in the notes. This is is a great title, by the way. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Lord of Knowledge and Scriber of Laws, which without civilization would not exist. Is that his whole title? That's who he is, yes. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, isn't it great? Yeah. I'm just going to call him Oreo. No. Yeah. No, because then I imagine him getting double stuffed. So let's keep moving. Whoa. <laughs> Where's Terry when you need him? Strapped in at dance house. <laughs> <laughs> getting double stuffed. I'm leaving that in. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> and Brad's there too. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing that Zalargo is known for uh, is its music. Okay. Well, you said colleges, and I immediately thought bards. Well, that's the the colleges are more Korenberg, but the city of Thurumbar. God damn it! It is a port city, and home to the legendary clubs and schools of music. Entertainers flock here to share their music, and 
this is where the innovators of arcane sound come from. Are you familiar with arcane sound? Yeah. Okay, so essentially... It was a movement in the 70s, I think. They use illusion magic to make music. I'm just steamrolling right over you here. Yeah, okay. Okay, so it's... Oh, yeah, like, wow, what do they call it? The thing that Fry played in Futurama. Yes, I know what you're talking you know about. What I do what, know what yeah, you're talking about. Yeah, I yeah. can't think of what that freaking instrument is called. But he played it and it made holograms. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, well, look, the whole idea of... of magic being tied into sound and music is what bards are all about so that makes a lot of sense now it wouldn't be gnomes if there weren't mines and that's where we come to zolanberg are there lollipop mines no they are jewel mines oh i really was really hoping they represent the lollipop guild they don't okay and it's actually really insensitive because the gnomes there are killed all the time by the goblins and kobolds that come over from dargoon to try to steal their jewels uh, Zolenberg is kind of a city at the heart of a network of mines. It's not just one mine, it's everyone's mine. It's not just mine mine, it's everyone's yeah. mines. Yours. Uh, and House Kundarak yeah. uh, has a large vault here. Is it one of the Dragonmark houses? Yes. Oh, okay. uh, they're the, the, I think it's banking and prisons and stuff like that. Sure. Um, they keep stuff locked up. The I think it's Dwarven. We'll get into it later. Not today. Later. Um, but they've got a large vault here. So like, this is, uh, this is where lots of jewels and gems and stuff. Like it's a rich land. Okay. okay. Now, like I'd said at the beginning, uh, Zilargo was mainly untouched during the last war, but it openly provided Breland with ships, intelligence, and elemental weaponry. <laughs> Neat. Okay. Uh, this has led to many people thinking that the Zill are manipulating Breland and using Breland to keep their hands clean. That's the Iron Bank from Game of Thrones. Yeah, but it's made them a lot of enemies, like the SOL, Swords of Liberty. Yeah. And, I don't think I've mentioned these guys yet, the Order of the Emerald Claw. Uh, I know these guys are one of your favorites. I have used these guys a lot, yeah. yeah. So, I'm sure we'll get into them again. In the future. In in a future episode. Okay. Okay. So they got a lot of enemies. Now, if we go over to the east side of Brayland, like the, up, the upper east side, the lower east side. Hold on, before we go there, you're good with Zilargo. You yeah. get it? Yeah. So we'll move over to the east then, to the nation of Drome. Okay, it's spelled D-R-O-A-A-M, but it's pronounced Drome. Okay. Okay, like D-R-O-M-E. All right, and is this where is this comparatively to the others? This is east of Breland and south of. Aundare in the Eldine reaches. What's it north of? Zendrix. So Zendrix is under the Drome? Technically. Okay. Yes. Cool. Uh, so Drome is the 13th unofficial nation of Corvair. It is a nation full of monsters. Okay. Oh, it's like Thunder Drome. <laughs> no one can see the defeated look on your face, but I'm very proud of myself right It'll now. It'll be in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> so Drome is ruled by the. Daughters of Sora Kel. And that's what they go by. What are their names? I don't know. They're just the Daughters of Sora Kel. There's three of them, and they're Hags. This cool. is a nation ruled by Hags, okay? Cool. Uh, and, I mean, as with most Hags, these ones in particular are famous for being in stories that people in Breland might tell their children to scare the shit out of them, right? Yeah. Uh, the Daughters seized control of this area 11 years ago. So it's pretty recent. This was claimed by Breland, uh, but it was never really tamed and brought into the kingdom of Galifar. But, again, Breland did say that this is ours. And Drum's like, no, screw you, it's ours. We're hags. Come fight me. We're monsters. Yeah, what are you going to do about it? So that's why you'll find a lot of monsters in Breland is because it was before kind of all one area. And therefore it was more integrated and now, of course, they're separate nations that are trying to thrive. They have to kind of trade with each other and get along. It's a pretty gutsy move, considering all the spies and stuff. Like, three hags, just like this is our area now. Yeah, it's uh, kind of a one-of-a-kind one area. They're like the hags of Bolding. I, I don't know what that is. That's like a bag of holding, but reversed. Oh, hags of Bolding. Yes, I get it. Um, I'm underappreciated in my time. Well, no, you aren't. You're appreciated <laughs> exactly as much as you should be. <laughs> Uh, so Drome is a haven, like I was saying, for many creatures. Uh, when you're traveling through Drome, you're going to find gnolls, ogres, minotaurs, changelings, orcs, trolls, uh, medusas, lycanthropes, goblins, harpies, and tieflings. Okay, hold on. I gotta pause you. Do that again. Gnomes, 
No. Gnolls, ogres, minotaurs, changelings, orcs, trolls, medusas, lycanthropes, goblins, harpies, and tieflings. Okay, so tieflings make sense. Changelings make sense based on the lore. I'm assuming if we have lycanthropes, we'll have quite a few shifters come from Drome as well. Could be. In theory. Um, I know that minotaurs and orcs and goblins are all playable races that you can find in other D&D materials. So they, I, this is where you're going to come for your, your weird races to play, right? Yep. Okay. Okay. Uh, the Daughters of Sorakel use an army of ogres and war trolls to maintain order and curtail the fighting. What the fuck is a war troll? I imagine it's a troll that's made for war. I guess. There's no stat block for them. I know that for certain. So I would assume that this is just a troll with some sort of hide armor and big-ass clubs. Could be specifically called a war troll. Cool. I would really love to see what that stat block looks like. It's not in the book. Uh, Not that I've seen. Well, uh, no, I'm telling you, I flipped through the monster area and and it's not not in that section of the book, so. Fair enough. Uh, So Drome was not recognized in the Treaty of Thronehold, even though it did exist at the time. The other 12 nations are a little uneasy to give a nation of monsters the same rights that everybody else has. You weren't kidding. Everyone's racist. You said that in the last episode. Big time. Yeah. But, much to the chagrin of the other 12 nations, Drome is thriving, and it's stronger than ever, and it keeps expanding. Like, it's it's doing well. You know, the, it's actually weird that the monsters are, are working out well together. Well, they've diversified their portfolio. Well, right? it's it's interesting because in places like Andere or Zilargo, sorry, <clears throat> Zilargo, uh, they'll use magic to I don't know change things about the city. You're gonna you're gonna have they use magic from like a utilitarian standpoint. Like... Yeah, whereas in Drome, they use the supernatural abilities. Of its citizens instead. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. Right? So it's it's really... I, I just had the idea of a troll healer that cuts himself and and uses his own blood, mix it with others to heal them up. Because trolls regenerate every round. That would make sense. Uh, they, they, I mean, they quell brawls with harpy songs. Monsters start fighting. Harpies start singing. Yeah. People get hungry. They feed it. They feed the people with troll sausage. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Is it... Like German sausage, where it's not made of German people, but you know it's oh, sausage, or or is it like? No, that's straight up troll dong. No, as a matter of fact, here, uh, funny sidebar. In my last campaign, uh, I had an item called a troll jerky, and troll jerky was it was dried out troll flesh that you could eat, and as long as there was still a scrap of it left, it would regenerate. It would regenerate a certain amount every day. If you let it go too long, it would turn into a troll, and um and but. It tasted foul, but it would get you across long, expansive areas like deserts and whatnot where there was no food. So I, the idea of there being troll sausage is hilarious to me. Yeah, no, it's I mean, it's right in the book, right? Yeah, and trolls, if you hit them with acid, they won't regenerate, so your stomach is going to keep that sausage down. Yeah, it will. Yeah, it will. Uh, now, the different races, I suppose is the best term, yeah. uh, they all inhabited this area, but I mean, the harpies would kind of live in their mountain peaks, where Medusa's remained isolated uh, in a place called the Citadel of Chazhak Drawl. Of course, yeah. Right? That's why well, I would have guessed that. Yeah, yeah I mean, um, but that's no longer the case. Uh, the Dromites uh, are starting to make cities. The races are starting to integrate. I have trouble. Look, all of this makes a certain amount of sense to me, except for I'm going to have real trouble making gnolls fit in with that group. I mean, Medusas are kind of scary in your own right, and lycanthropes probably need to be locked up whenever there's full moons and stuff. Whenever Sybaris is in full bloom. What? Doesn't work that way. Doesn't work that way? No, Sybaris is the rings. Yeah. But does everyone have moon? So I just assume that when Sybaris glints every 30 days, whatever, doesn't matter. Anyway, but the idea of gnolls calming down and being a part of society is weird to me. So I assume there's got to be some sort of magic effect, something. I, as a DM, would have to put something together there. Well, it, I mean, there's such a eclectic mix of races here. And, I mean, what I've said isn't all of them by a long shot. No? Okay. Right? It's funny. Most of them have their own language. And I would say that just about any any monstrous creature that has a language would probably be in here as well. Like, I could picture manticores. Sure. Stuff like that, you know? Sure. Makes sense. I have one other question, though. Did they have a, a relationship with, the, what was it called? Um, the Goblin uh, Kingdom. 
Dargoon. Dargoon. Yeah. Yeah, do, do they have a relationship with Dargoon at all? Because that's more monsters, right? No. No? Are they just separated? Is that why? In my head, in D&D, the, the races are very much categorized, okay? You've got your playable races. You've got the sometimes playable races. You've got monster playable races. And then you've got just straight up monsters. Elves and goblins are not on the same level. To me, goblins and lycanthropes and gnolls are not on the same level to me. But goblins live in Drum. That was on your list. Yes. So I would assume that there's some amount of overlap and trade there. They're at least friendly with each other. Okay, there's humans in every nation. That doesn't mean that they get along because they're human. Uh, you know, okay, that's fair. Right, like there is... That's fair. There is Breland and Zalargo and stuff in the way. And I mean, Drum isn't necessarily known for its shipping. You know, that's not what they do. Okay. All right, that's fair. What do they do? Uh, that's interesting. <clears throat> they just live in their best life? Uh, sort of. They're still trying to figure out what they're doing, right? Um, they're, they're expanding. They're still trying to work together. Uh, they're still ironing out the details. Again, like I said, it's only like 11 years old. Sure, right. Okay? Yeah. Uh, the Daughters of Sorakel uh, have made their home in a place called the Great Craig. Yeah? Is, yeah. It, is it that good? It's the capital. Okay. Because, you know, that's where the rulers live, and that's normally what the capital is. Yeah. Uh, but it's built on the ancient ruins of goblin civilization. Remember way back when goblins ruled Corvair? Yep. This was their headquarters back when? And... No, it's kind of, it, not necessarily. It's built on ruins left over from okay. the Goblin Empire. Uh, and, I mean, they're not very welcoming of outsiders. Most people that aren't from Drome don't go to the Great Craig. Because he, he's kind of cranky. I mean, honestly, he's a racist. I assume that the Great Craig is just Craig from Parks and Rec. Oh, God, him. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, he was great. He's one of my favorites, actually. Billy Eichner is an international treasure. He was wonderful in The Lion King. He was the best part of The Lion King. Him and freaking John Oliver. But I'm getting yeah. beside... Eric, continue. Yeah. So, the like I was saying, it's on the border of Breland. Uh, there is a city on the border between them. Uh, it's called Greywall. It's known as the Gateway to Drome. Uh, it's kind of the center for trade. You know how I said they don't really welcome outsiders in the Great Craig? This is going to be where the outsiders sell stuff. This is as close as you're allowed to get into... Not allowed, but... But don't. Yeah, it's probably not going to work out for you. If you're soft and fleshy, the gnolls will find you, you know? Yeah, okay. Um, I mean, it's a haven for fugitives. and There is a portion of this particular town that's dedicated to the people of Corvair, and it's called Calabas. Okay. Okay, and that's kind of like where you can come in and you can be in Drome... But you're still not really in Drome. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're on the outskirts. Uh, essentially. Like, you're not getting the full flavor of what this what this country really is. Not even by a mile. Right? Okay, so it's weird to me that the city of Trollinport is not in the country with trolls. That fucks with me a bit. It's not Trollinport. It's Trollanport. Okay. Trollanport. Trollanport. I'll take your word for it. Yeah, it's actually trolla important that you get that. Okay. Uh, there's also a place called the Venomous Demont. Okay. Uh, it's a hidden city. Nobody really knows where it is. And it's ruled by families of tiefling warlocks. I think that pretty much tells you what you need to know about it. Who do warlocks pray to in Eberron? Like, who, who are their patrons? It could be anybody you want really uh it could be overlords it could be great old ones it could be the delkir there there are hags so you could there's got to be archfey somewhere there are archfey we went over in the Eldine reaches yeah 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 yeah, yeah. okay all right okay 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 all right i'm with you now there's also an organization called the dark pact alliance and it roams drome okay to give you a little more corvair lore the church of the silver flame Purged the five nations of all lycanthropes, but a lot of them escaped to Drome and allied themselves with wargs and other supernatural predators. Okay, and they formed the Dark Pact Alliance. And they're just kind of like this roaming group of people you don't want to come across. Just kind of roaming, roaming and droming. 
Yeah, they, you know, I, I like that. They're, I assume that they're kind of wild. They're kind of like roaming wolf pack, essentially, because they're like a dog. I bet there's a ton of shifters in and about all that as well. I would imagine, yeah. Changelings as well. Uh, however, there is another part of the world that we haven't gotten to yet that has lots of changelings. I, you are going to find them in Drome. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and only 11 years, hey? And they've already got all these different groups. and It has been in a... a air quote nation for 11 years but i mean it's always it's always been wild land like this yeah like i said it was never really tamed by galifar it was not it was claimed by breland but it wasn't so there's there's more of a history here than just 11 years yeah drum wasn't built in a day high five all right that was good (laughs) and we've peaked we're gonna move on (laughs) yeah okay Uh, I'm going to go have a cigarette. We're going to keep traveling east. We're going to get to the Shadow Marches. Okay. Okay. I always struggle with this. I always want to call them the Shadow Marshes, but I know that's wrong. It's the Shadow Marches. Okay. Which is... Right before the Shadow Aprils. (sighs) Go home. (laughs) You'll never get it wrong again, Dave. (laughs) I don't like you sometimes. (laughs) This is a desolate land of swamp and moors. Okay. It's... Marshes. They should have called it the Shadow Marshes. They really missed an opportunity. And quite honestly, I might just call it that. You may. I may. Uh, This is the homeland of the orcs. Continue. I'm I'm listening. I'm I'm sorry. I'm listening. The Shadow Marshes are the homeland of the orcs. Okay? Yeah. The landscape is covered in scarring left over from the ancient conflict with the Delkir. Sure, yeah. Okay. Which is all the crazy aberrations, super powerful aberrations. Yeah, but the Dalkir left a lot of twisted creatures and aberrations behind. Okay. It also sowed the seed of madness that continues to linger, even though the Dalkir are trapped in Kyber. Okay. Okay, so they still have a lot of influence on the land. Just because they've been gone for a long time doesn't mean that... This is a corrupt, infected area. Yeah. Um, Now, humans arrived here as refugees fleeing war in Sarlona. Right. Okay. Which is the other continent where the humans come from. It is. So, I mean, Corvair is a globe, okay? Eberron's a globe. Yeah, sorry. Eberron is a globe. Uh, Now, the humans that came from Sarlona traveled... From there, traveled east and got to the west side of Corvair. West side? From the east side of Corvair, you can travel to the west side of Sarlona. So, both sides of Corvair are going to interact with Sarlona, okay? Gotcha. Make sense? Yes. So, when the humans arrived, their culture and the orc culture actually kind of merged together, creating what is now the Shadow Marches. A lot of half-orcs. A lot of half-orcs. None of them named Oscar. Yeah, uh... None of them named Oscar. So we gotta give them the gnomes then? We don't have to give them a goddamn thing. Well, come on, throw him a gnome. He injected Oscar the York into the campaign builder. Of course he did. So he doesn't get anything here. Alright, nothing for Dan. Nothing for Dan. Screw that guy. Hashtag nothing for Dan. Hashtag just hits for Dave. Uh, so the marches, uh, which they go by the marches, you know. Yeah. Um, they had little contact with Galifar. Uh, really until about a few hundred years ago, when it was discovered that the region had uh, a lot of dragon shards. Hmm. And the rest of Galifar kind of want to take advantage of that. I guess they wouldn't have discovered it because they would have been at the bottom of these marshes, right? Like, you'd have to go trawling for them, right? Yep. Uh, But the other thing that they found was that a lot of these clans had manifested the dragon mark of finding. And this led to the formation of a new house. Which we'll get into later. Uh, okay. God. You build me up and then let me down. Now, the marches are not a nation. Okay? This would be like if Droma's 13, this one's like 14. Okay? It's not... They, there is no recognition of what they are. Is it just roaming tribes? Yeah, well, no, 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 no one party speaks for the various clans and tribes that still follow the ancient traditions of the marches. In the marches, you're going to find old relics from the war with the Delkir... Uh, all sorts of weird monsters and druidic shrines, which are said to be the birthplace of the gatekeepers. Now, the gatekeepers are the ones that defeated the Dalkir and continue to defend Eberron from aberrations and other extraplanar threats. And they are looking for the keymasters. Could be. Okay. Could be. Now, there are there is an organization called the Cult of the Dragon Below, which I mean is obviously Kyber. 
Yeah. Has to be. Now, they're scattered all over the Shadow Marches, uh, and they work closely with Mind Flayers and other aberrations. They're not necessarily evil, but they are driven by dangerous delusions, okay? They're kind of the, the opposite of the Gatekeepers currently. Keymasters. No? No more Ghostbuster references? I'll stop. Busta makes you feel good, though, right? It does. Yeah. Uh, now, most clans live in small villages that are built on stilts over the swamps, which mm. I thought was kind of an interesting... Yeah, that's cool. You don't get that in many places. But the marches also contain what are known as manifest zones, which are tied to Zoriat, which is the Plane of Madness, and Kaithri, the Plane of Chaos. So remember we talked about there's the other planes. This is a way to kind of... Bring these places in and... Jump between them, right? Okay. Now, also, time moves a little bit differently in the marches, uh, and it can twist the most mundane of creatures and plants into these abhorrent monstrosities. I wonder if if the liquids from the marches have anything to do with the mists in the Mornland. They just took the water out and put it on a... They, they, they put it on a lightning rail like they, like they tried to do in Batman Begins. And that's what happened? No, they just poured it over hot rocks, thought it was a sauna. <laughs> yeah, okay. Zarashak... Of course. ...is the main city of the marches. Okay, the easiest way to get here is by ship... Uh, as travel through the marches is quite treacherous, right? Um, this remember I mentioned that there was the the house that was created. Mm-hmm. Okay, they manage the city. Okay, so there's no one that rules it, but the house they take care of it. Yeah, yeah. The city again is built on stilts. Uh, it's often visited by the marcher tribes uh, and the other clans that are looking to sell goods and celebrate religious rituals. Like it's you get the idea. Yeah. The Marches is also said to be home of Vavarak's Cave. Vavarak, V-V-A-R-A-A-K, all right? Yeah. Oh, was a green dragon. And it is thought that she had taught the secrets of druidic magic to the first gatekeepers thousands of years ago. Uh, I mean, she's long dead. She's not around anymore. But it's said that her lair uh, holds secrets that are, tri- that are tied to the draconic prophecies, which... <sighs> We'll get into later. Okay. And the mysteries of druidic magic. I'm I'm getting the idea that you cannot just dip a toe into the lore and the geography of Eberron. I'm, I'm trying to... Yeah, I'm trying to give you the picture of what Corvair looks like. And I mean, the dragon prophecies, draconic prophecies. We're going to get into that a little more. I mean, like I said later. But these are things that are all about Argonison, which is the dragon continent. Which we'll talk about later. Which, again, will Corvair be another episode, okay, right? So, right, yeah. like, I, it's it's important. I want to bring up these phrases now so you're not blindsided by it later. But I can't just stop and break down every single friggin' Oh, thing. no. Each episode would be 400 years long. Right? Yeah. But it, this does feel a little bit like the first season of Game of Thrones. So I don't know. Who is whom, and we're getting names dropped for things that will be important later. Just pay attention, and yeah, but you got to yeah. know who the king of the north is first, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, the house that was created in the Shadow Marches is known as House Thrashks. the The humans and the orcs, the tribes and the clans that still inhabit this area, uh, are very much still ancient organizations that don't really get along. Uh, some of them are still doing rituals that are supposed to keep the Delkir under wraps. Okay. Okay. It's like the annual binding ritual that they've got to do, or whatever. Essentially, sure. and some of them are not so happy about this new house coming in and trying to mine all these dragon shards because they're really concerned that they're going to disturb some sort of ancient warding that the gatekeepers have left to keep the Dalkir in Kyber. There is a real paranoia about this. So although Zarashak is a safe city, it's still not necessarily welcomed by everybody involved. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. I feel like, uh, what was the order in the Mummy movies? One, two, three. No. No, no, no. It, it super wasn't. It was Mummy, Mummy Returns and Scorpion King. But, uh, it and then Dragon's Tomb and then Scorpion King 2. And then the one with Tom Cruise. We do not speak of that. Okay. Uh, but no, remember there was the order of the, uh, the ancient knights that were protecting the Mummy's Tomb and stuff? Yeah. Like, I feel like that's kind of the same level of paranoia. Yeah, the, the, those kinds of organizations certainly exist. Okay. I mean, they know what the Dalkir did and they don't want that to happen again. Sure. Okay. Right? I, I mean, there's shadow marches. That's it? Okay. Well, 
as we do in every episode, let's grab dice roll initiative. What if there was one thing you could take from this episode, you had thrown a homebrew, what would it be? Roll. Okay. Eight. I got a 19. I think this is the first time you get to go first on this. Well, I got to say, uh, it is the nation of monsters. I love the unique and interesting way of smashing that shit together. I would absolutely love to sit down to the monster manual and try to build a civilization where these guys work together. Just trying to figure out the ins and outs and how you can like what, find common ground. Yeah. Did, did you see Bright? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah kind of like that, only a little bit more all-inclusive. Sure. Right? Um, and so... I, I just, I really like the idea of there being like, it doesn't have to be hags, it could be like a sphinx or something that runs the show, but there are definitely like the big bruisers are the, the law enforcement and, and I don't know, I, that just seems fun to me, yeah. right? The fact that you would mix them all together, even other um, properties, like intellectual properties, like Lord of the Rings, everyone stayed with their own species or race, right? Even Harry Potter, it's like, oh, yeah, sure. There's the, I think it was a goblin bank and so on and so forth. But the centaurs had nothing to do with civilization. And over here is where you find this. And over there is where you find that. And, and I like, I really want to see a blending of what all of these different worlds look like when they're smashed together. Right? And so, I don't know. You've inspired me now to really, really mess with that. Yeah, I think that can get a little sloppy unless your players are... Creatures that you would find in that area, though. Well, I like the idea of you guys coming over as, you know, the the pink races or, or whatever it is, right? Um, and You're just injecting more racism into it now. Well, I like the idea of you guys being the weird ones. Instead of there being a troll walking down the street and everyone is pointing and staring, it's a human, an elf, and a dwarf are walking down the street and everyone is like, What? We thought you guys were legends. Yeah, you flip it on its head a little bit. Yeah, I think, I think that that's cool, so. Yeah, fair enough. You know, it pains me to say this, but I like the gnomes. I I, I kind of like Zilargo. Zilargo. Uh, they just it, it's very cultured, right? It's a little highbrow, but they've got democratically elected legislative assembly. I mean, I'm Canadian. That's what we call it, right? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, they're they're ruled democratically, but they've also got this secret police force that will fucking cut you. Yeah, but not above the shin. Doesn't need to be, right? Like it's, it, it, there's something there that I, I I really liked, and I think that that would be a good way to catch your players off guard. Is put them in a in a scenario like that where it looks normal, it feels normal. It's supposed to be democratic. People elect other people, but it's not. Hmm. Right? I mean, Eberron to me is a setting for espionage and backdoor deals and there's, I feel like there's a lot of potential right there yeah Breland hits a little too hard on the nose whereas the Largo is a lot more in the shadows yeah I like the fact that but I mean sometimes no look not every D&D table can be subtle right so so Breland I think might be the right level when your mastermind rogue walks in you know what you're looking for yeah. Right, and so and you give it to them. You don't make them wonder for four sessions before it's revealed to them. I mean, I would, but not every table is going to be like that, right? So I I like the fact that there's espionage and there's subterfuge and there's it, a real sense of of secrecy and deception here, um, and really in this section of the world, we weren't getting that so much in the other sections. There's mystery, right? In Sire, there's um, there are definite factions when you're in the northwest, right? But but it wait till you get to the northeast. It, oh yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> but I uh, I just I, I like that this is kind of where it's a little bit more evil, and this is really where a lot of evil and and gray morality, or even you know the blue orange morality of the Fae can be found in kind of these areas of like, well, yes, I had to kill the guy and that was wrong, but you know, he would have done this, this and this. So this is kind of good too. Like there's a lot of justification that you can do here to really play with the ambiguity of a, of a player's or a table's expectations, which is fun here. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's jump on because I want to get to my monster, right? Well, I don't want to get to your monster. Well, you're going to love this guy because he's fleshy and comes with tentacles. So, um, the Delkir, as I understand it, um, were aberrations, um, lords of madness that came with aberrations, mind flayers, beholders, anything you can think of from the aberration side of things 
came over and they took over the goblinoid horde that ran Corvair. Yes. All right. And they displaced them and subjugated them and ran amok and it was chaotic for a long time. Yes. One of the things that they did was they captured goblins and hobgoblins and they twisted them. And they've got one which is called the Dolgrim, which is actually two goblins mashed together into one body. They have two mouths and a ridiculous number of arms and like they're weird, creepy, insane creatures. But I like what they did to the hobgoblins even better. Okay. They created the Dolgonths. Dol- sorry, sorry, Dolgonth? No, Dolgonths. Gonths. Yeah. Okay. They are emaciated hobgoblins with disease-hued flesh. Their eye sockets gape open and empty above a mouth with a worm-like tongue. They have writhing cilia covering their bodies, which are little flesh knob knobs, like almost. Uh, they're not quite tentacles, but they're they're gross. They're these little mm-hmm. long little fleshy. What I assume Dan plays with when no one's looking. Um, they've got, no, 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 it couldn't be. You said long. Right, right. okay. Um, there are longer tendrils as well around their heads, and they have two wiry tentacles protruding from their bare shoulders. They're blind, but they can perceive their surroundings through the cilia that cover their skin. So they sense by these long, almost hair-like, fleshy um, tentacles, almost, all the way around. Uh, it, they can also absorb life through their tentacles. And they can drain the vitality out of any creature they touch. Creepy. Yep. When the Dalkir emerged from Zoriet to conquer Corvair, they captured and transformed the land's indigenous creatures to create armies of hideous warriors. When the Dalkir were defeated, the Dolgons descended into the depths of Kyber with their masters, and there they study in cavernous monasteries, forging their bodies into living weapons dedicated to the missions given to them by their masters. They're often found commanding squads of Dolgrims and can be found working with the cults of the dragon below, particularly those devoted to Dern the Corrupter. D-Y-R-R-N? Yeah. Remember that name for next episode. Okay. Um, here's, here's their stat block, okay? They're medium. They're considered an aberration now. They're no longer a goblinoid. Uh, their AC is 16, but that's with unarmored defense. They've got only 33 hit points. But they that can ramp right up. They're only CR three, which means you can run into number of these guys at a time. And the more you have, the scarier they get. Of course. Um, no, well, it's not always the case, right? When you get to like hordes of goblins, by the time that you're CR nine, you're taking on fifteen of these guys. A any single goblin is not scary. Dolgons consistently stay scary, and I'll tell you why. Well, they can't be blinded because they're already blind. Sure. But uh, they've got blind sight up to 120 feet. But they're completely blind beyond, beyond this radius. They have passive perception of 14. They speak deep speech and goblin. They have evasion, which is that nasty little fucking class feature that rogues and monks get. Where if they were going to take half damage when they make a deck save, instead they take none. That is annoying for for a monster. So they also have uh, unarmored defense, which I, which I mentioned before, which means they're adding their wisdom modifier. Their stats are okay. The lowest is an 11 with Charisma, um, but their dex is uh, plus 4, so with an 18. They've got multi-attack, so they make two tentacle attacks and two unarmed strikes. CR 3, four attacks. Up to two tentacle attacks can be replaced by Vitality Drain. The tentacle attacks have a 15-foot reach, which is unheard of in 5th Ed. That's crazy. Especially at low level. It doesn't do a whole lot of damage, but... The target is grappled with an escape DC of 12, so you got to waste your action to get out of it, uh, if it's large or smaller. Until the grapple ends, the Dolgot can't use the same tentacle on another target, and it only has two. Sure. It also has unarmed strike, which is underwhelming. It's a D4 plus 4 bludgeoning damage. But they have vitality drain. One creature grappled by a tentacle of the Dolgot must make a DC 11, so it's low, but a con saving throw. On a failed save, the target takes 2d8 necrotic damage, and the Dolgaunt regains a number of hit points equal to half the necrotic damage taken. Okay. I want, like, level 12 party to come across about 8 of these guys that are raiding their home base and killing their NPCs. Yes. I also like the idea of these guys working with the Cult of the Dragon below, and every time that they start to lose hit points, they just eat another cultist with their tentacles. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm into it. So I really like, they're nasty. I think they're really easy to 
manipulate just by by changing the numbers, the CR goes way up, and four attacks is fucking insane, especially for CR three. So I really, really, really like the Dolgaunts. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm sitting here thinking my, I'm going crazy with what I can do to screw with my party of guys because as uh, I am playing fifth edition now yeah. with my three point five guys. Yeah. And uh, I've put them onto this, so I don't really want to say too much. Okay. Yeah, but, but now they're at three point seven. They're slowly getting to fifth ed. Uh, no, they're at like three point five one one. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's they're they're slow. But I like the idea of these crazy tentacles that are are fifteen feet long and can reach up out of the sewer, and grab you. You're grappled. You have to. It takes your action to get rid of it, so they can drag you back if they haven't used their movement yet. And they're just gonna sit there and suck the life out of you while your party's like, "Where'd he go?" Cool. Yeah, and of course they got blind sight, so they know that you're there. Yeah, screw you, rogue. Pretty much, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I really like the Dolgon. So they're a lot of fun. Anyways, do you have anything else that you want to touch on in this episode? Uh, no, not really. No more Ghostbusters references. I think we're good. Okay. This entire series, as well as other series on role-playing games, are available on the It's a Mimic feed on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and lots of other podcast apps, so don't forget to follow or subscribe on whatever app you're listening to. Also, check out the entire library of episodes at www.itsamimic.com, and feel free to support us by hitting that donate button. Thanks for listening to this episode of the It's a Mimic Touring the Multiverse. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook, or you can find me at the subreddit r slash It's a Mimic. Until next time... I'm Dave. And there is no Adam, only Zool. And we'll be back with more Eberron information and crazy adventure inspiration next week. But first, want to go see Jed? Is he the key master? He might be. Then yes. Say, who is that over there? Is that my favorite walking, talking trust funds? Hey, Jed. Hey, Jed. How you doing? How you been? I missed you. It's been like, what, a week, huh? Just about. Say, all right. Okay, so you guys ain't any sort of like captains or anything like that, eh? You don't have any airships or anything sort of flaying around, maybe in storage? No, no. All right, so all right, maybe you don't have any uh, use for these, but hey, fuck, take a look at this wheel, huh? What they do is they uh, they mount it to the sailing ships, right? Their airships with their uh, mark of the storm, right? It gives them their little insignia. And, uh, you know, the, the positive of this, if you did have an airship, you'd be able to control the weather around you. You know, smooth sailing or rough sailing. It's up to you. I right, see so you guys travelers at all. Like, do you get around? Like, uh, in particular, do you have any contacts to the uh, the Civis house? Uh, I think Dave's a traveler. You mean the, 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 the house that deals with communication, right? Yeah, that's the one right there. That's what we're talking about today, eh, David? No, I don't communicate very well. You don't communicate very well, eh? I, I actually have a podcast that, that, that broadcasts across uh, all of the land of Eberron using speaking stones. What the fuck is a podcast? Never mind. Sounds like something for bored 30-year-olds. Say, well, you know what, Dave? Maybe I got something for you today, okay? It's called the Speaking Stone. Dave, do you have uh, do you have any connection to the House Civis at all there, Dave? No, I've only ever used them to, like, send telegrams and stuff. Boy, look, I'm telling you, the Speaking Stone, it's almost the same shit, right? One person has a stone, you have the other stone. You want to talk to this person, no matter where the fuck they are in the world. These little gnome fuckers, right? They're running around there. They're putting all the messages in the right folder, sending them to the right people. So you're guaranteed that that message is going to be sent to the person holding the other stone. How cool is that? Oh, that's pretty cool. That is pretty fucking cool. But you better watch what you say when you're on them stones, because... Those little gnomes, they they got loose fucking lips, and they definitely sink airships. Just can't trust a gnome. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> yeah, fuck them, huh? Fuck the gnomes. <laughs> All right, so, boys, what are you... Hey, hey, don't be too harsh. Dave's ex-wife is a gnome. You're totally right. Hey, look, I got only one of these speaking stones in here today, but I'm willing to give it to you for a good price, okay? Well, well it's like, a good price. Like, like ten gold? Ten gold? We're talking, like, five... You know, I give it to you for 15,000 gold pieces, okay? This is state of the fucking art. No, no, no doubt about it. So hold on, you, you want me to spend 15,000 gold on something 
that only gnomes can use. Yeah, well, do you know a gnome? You said your ex-wife. Maybe it's how you can keep in contact with your fucking son. Do you have a son? <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, David. Today ain't David. David, you're playing hardball. I understand, okay? But these things, you don't come across them too fucking often, all right? Yeah, you know, I... 15 grand. I, I don't think we have any gnomes that Dave's willing to... Hey, look, if you ever have the misfortune of, uh, you know, crossing paths with one of those toddler-looking motherfuckers, you send them over to Jed, okay? All right, we will. S- sounds good, Jed. Maybe you're not interested, but if you want to give it a try, maybe hire one of them gnomes down at the uh, local service messaging station just down the road. Hey, all the power to you. I think it's fucking cool. Say, all right, boys. In the meantime, you think about me when you're gone, okay? Okay, I'm thinking about you. You think about me. That's how friendships are built. And when you come back next week... Hell, I'm gonna have this shipment, alright? It's a little bit exotic, maybe not for everyone, but we might be able to strike a deal, you know? Alright, we'll come with deeper pockets next week. Yeah, we'll, we'll try. Hey, bring a fucking duffel bag, huh? Alright, see you later, Jed. Hey, have a good one. Take it easy. Say, you, ma'am, you, ma'am, you wanna come over here? We got things that are gonna make you look like you're 20 again. <laughs>